Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. The 2022 college football season is officially done, which means it's time to look ahead to 2023. Michigan should reload, especially with Blake Corum's decision to return. But will the program need a new head coach? We take a sneak peek at next season coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here. Uh, Tuesday, January 10th in the morning. And uh, last night, you know, we put a put a bow on the college football season when Georgia beat TCU 65 to 7 in the national championship. Guys, this was the largest margin in bowl game history, not the playoffs, not the national championship. What's supposed to be the two best teams proved out proved to be the most lopsided game in bowl history. Everything came so so easy for Georgia. It reminded me, and I'm I'm not being hyperbolic here. It reminded me of Michigan's non-conference games this season <laughs> against Colorado State and Hawaii and UConn. We're like we're in the press box saying, you know, oh, I could have picked up 15 yards there. Like there were plays that were so like the lead blockers had nobody to block. Like they were like, oh, everything's already taken care of here. Guys wide open. TCU inability to do much of anything on offense. I mean, it was it was. It was stunning. I mean, I, I say what you want about about you know what you thought about Georgia or TCU. Like this was this was just really really impressive. Yeah, um, I you know I, I my gut told me it was kind of it was going to go that way. Now obviously I didn't expect <laughs> that much of a blowout, um, but I think it was it was a difference of like size. Like Georgia was dominant in the trenches, like you said, yeah. like they got whatever they wanted. Whenever they wanted. Um, and it was, you know, we talked about that speed power kind of matchup, you know, in, ahead of the Michigan TCU game. Well, that's exactly what this Georgia team was. And yeah. I, I think this is kind of it is kind of what I thought Michigan was going to be able to do to TCU. Obviously, they shot themselves in the foot in the first half. But no, I don't think anyone expected that. I mean, that type of a lot. I think all of us were hoping for a close game just from an entertainment perspective. Right. Just a, a fun game to watch. And I mean, no, by halftime, it was I was ready to go to bed. Yeah, I mean, I barely watched any of the second half because it was it was embarrassing to watch. For like, it was like cringeworthy. I'm like, oh, yeah. how, how do you not cover that guy, or how do you not do this? Like, I mean, and Georgia's offensive line, man. I mean, they they could have blocked for like three hours on some of these plays, and like Stenson Bennett wouldn't have gotten touched. Like, it was crazy. There was no pressure at all, and Stenson was just dropping back and dropping dimes. And yeah, like like Andrew said, the run game was clicking. Like, it was it was man, like. It was like I was playing NFL Blitz in the in the game 
uh, in Arizona when it was just all offense, just down the field, like 20 <laughs> yards every play. It was, oof, it was tough to watch. Definitely yeah. not. <laughs> I switched at 45 to seven also. Um, I mean, it was just, it, it, I don't know, from, from a Michigan standpoint, I'm not sure any result was going to make you feel good about what happened in the semifinal, but I don't know if say TCU won this game, like you'd probably just be kicking yourself again for giving away a chance at winning a national championship. So maybe now you say, well, Georgia was just too good, except again, I just don't think, I think things would have been just not as easy. So Georgia would have had to work so much harder. So, but, but I don't know, Georgia, Georgia was very fortunate to beat an Ohio state team that Michigan obviously ran out of its own stadium. So there's that, um, you know, at the end of the day, Michigan had its shot against TCU didn't deliver. And, and then we, after two great semifinal games, which have typically been not too exciting, we get a national championship that is just, uh, an absolute blowout. But, uh, yeah, it, it, like I said, it, it wraps up 2022 and, and now we can truly look ahead to 2023. Um, and earlier in the day, you know, learn that Blake Corum is back at Michigan. He's going he's to run it back. The running back is going to run it back for another season. Either are you surprised by this decision? No, not surprised. And I, I will say this, you know, he's, and we reported this a few weeks ago, you know, because he told Adam Schefter he was 50-50 on his, you know, split on his decision, whether to come back or, or to declare for the NFL draft. And it sounded like he was genuine when he said that. And then when it comes out yesterday that he was going to announce his decision on the Rich Eisen show, that kind of signaled me right away, okay, there's a real chance that he comes back here because Rich is a Michigan guy. And, and you know, he I don't know why he would go on a show, an NFL-related show, to, to say he's going to the NFL when he's, you know, at best, maybe a second or third-round pick. It's not like he was going to be a first-round pick. I, right. I don't think that was a real uh, thing there. Um, so not really. I mean, he I, I genuinely believed him when he said he was 50-50. Um, now it would have been a different story if he would have finished out the year healthy and either won the Heisman or, you know, finished runner, runner up and had those big numbers and everything else. Cause I, th- I think right then and there, there's, it was a no brainer. You go to the NFL, but the injury, I think sets him back. He even said in his interview, either with Rich Eisen or with John Jance on the podcast yesterday that, um, he wasn't going to be fully healthy for the combine and some of those pre-draft workouts. So that's certainly going to hurt his stock as well. So it makes sense when you think about it. You know, he did say there were nights where he woke up and thinking, okay, I'm, I, I want to go to the NFL. And there are other days where he woke up thinking he, he wanted to return to Michigan. So it sounded like he wrestled with the idea. Um, it wasn't as clear cut as maybe one would think. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, the opportunity to play one more year, get healthy, um, NIL certainly helps. And it, it, it generally sounds like, too, that he really enjoys his time at Michigan. He spoke a lot about you know, go playing for Michigan, be, going to school, being on campus, um, you know, being a leader for his teammates. He, he said he's close, I think, to uh, to graduating. So there's a lot of play at there, a lot of play there. And it, it, it makes sense, I think, when you, when you, when you, you know, get down to it. You, you mentioned NIL, and I 100% believe if we weren't in the NIL era, he's for sure gone. Like, even even with the injury, like, he, he's still probably a – going in the first four rounds and, and can profit in the NFL and, and, and rehab in the NFL and, and make an impact in the NFL. But in the NIL age, especially with, with Valiant Management launching this new one more year fund to basically designed to help or try and entice key players to return for an extra year. Um, that Yeah, I think that played a huge role in, in Corum returning because, yeah, he's going to be able to, to continue to profit off NIL and and did another shot at, at a potential Big Ten and, and another run at a national title, potentially. 
I'm not sure I know as much about exactly what these guys are getting to know if how much that's moving the needle. It, it, it's a factor for sure, but I don't know. I mean, NFL contracts are just, uh, we're talking millions when, when you get to that. But but I see it's definitely, okay, it's something where you feel like you can be at least a little more comfortable, um, you know, while you're still in school. Uh, but yeah, I I mean, I I, I was out on the field pregame, um, you know, and saw Blake Corum on crutches, smiling, talking to fans, and almost all of them asked him, Blake, you're coming back next season or, or, or requesting that he do that. And he did seem genuine when he said, I, I don't know yet. We'll see. You know, he, he said, we'll see to almost all of them. Um, and it was, it was I don't know, kids. We'll see. Stop asking me. <laughs> no, but he was very friendly and, you know, taking photos and taking selfies and very, very engaged with, you know, with the fans. Just the fact that he was there um, was was something. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was fun. It was funny. I saw him then even in the tunnel while the team was getting ready to come out of the, of the locker room and uh, a security uh, guard at the at the stadium asked him um you know he did, clearly didn't really know who he was and he was like oh what year are you in college and he said well you know i'm, I'm a junior or whatever he's like oh so you, you have another year left <laughs> and like like well i don't know about that yet you know it's it just funny to kind of hear hear that but um he is back and and i want to ask you guys this do you think this could mean with especially with what michigan loses at wide receiver including we know the leading pass catcher in ronnie bell Donovan Edwards kind of shifts out there a little more and we see him more at a true wide receiver position. I, I just, I feel like you got to get your best players on the field as much as possible. And Donovan Edwards, we know is one of those players, but so is Blake Corm. You're not taking him off the field. He's not like coming off at third down or anything like that. Like he's in every down back, you know, do you think this means more, you know, kind of a slot receiver role for Donovan Edwards next season? Yeah, I, I do. As long as he can stay healthy. I mean, he's been hurt now the last couple of years. So I think that's limited his ability in, in some regards. In some of that, the last year he was, he was a true or two years ago, I guess now he was a true freshman. So I think he was trying to get his feet wet. But yeah. it, it's been clear that the coaches see him as a viable option there. And I think given his reliability and, and just his playmaking ability, I, I certainly think that's an option for next year. Um, you know, we'll see how the receivers kind of grow and maybe what the offensive identity and plan is to be. But I got to think with Blake back, Donovan set to come back. They're bringing in another tight end. They like what they saw to Colson Loveland that this offense isn't going to change very much. I still think they're going to be very much a smash mouth style of play, um, lean on the offensive line. Um, so, it, yeah, it, it, if if they want to give more opportunities to Donovan, that would seem to be the most obvious avenue to do it. Um, but, again, it's to come down to his health and you know, how the hand's looking and everything else. I presume he'll be 100% healthy by the time the season starts next year and he'll be good to go. Um, but yeah, that's, that's certainly one, one area where they, they could do it. It, it is interesting because I, I think what makes him so effective catching the ball out of the backfield is because he is lined up at running back most of the time and he's going up against linebackers throwing out of the backfield. If he's lined up in the slot every time and going against nickels or corners, maybe he's not as effective. I mean, he's still, he's still a traditional running back. So yeah, obviously a world of talent, but maybe that changes things. And, and um, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see. Cause yeah, if you want to talk about the two most explosive weapons on offense, you would probably say it is Donovan Edwards and Blake Porham. So I mean, I guess it's a good predicament to have, um, but yeah, I think there is going to be some adjustments need to be made because I mean, he's going to be in his third year next year. Donovan is so he's going to want more touches too, and deservedly so. I mean, he's he's a playmaker with the ball in his hands. So yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to see. Uh, so with Corman Edwards back and JJ McCarthy back, 
Like that's a huge reason why Michigan is is number two or or no lower than three in in every you know too early college football rankings I've seen. And I know this because I looked at all of them and I saw what these people wrote, and they always mention those players. So, but but they aren't top three in in odds to win the next year's championship, though. Right, right. So here's the thing, though. But that I'm getting at is that those are skill players and they're flashy. And that's how you you kind of that's what people gravitate to. Oh, is the quarterback back? Oh, the running back. But Michigan's success these last couple of years has been predicated on its offensive line and its defense. So I want you guys to tell me whether I guess these early rankings are are fair or is Michigan possibly losing too much uh, in those spots um, to kind of justify that that high ranking. No, I, I expect this offense a lot, or this offense in general, to be just as good as they were la- this year. Maybe, maybe even better, just because you've got, you know, you mentioned JJ coming back. The both running backs are back. I, another year of experience is probably good for everyone. Um, and then the, the kind of the, the centerpiece of the offense has been the offensive line. And yes, they're losing some guys. Um, Oluwo with Timmy's already declared. Ryan Hayes is, is. I don't think he's declared yet, but he has accepted invites to the Senior Bowl, so I assume he's gone. Um, they're weighing on decisions from Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinder. So it's possible they lose four of their five starters along the offensive line. However, you know, as we've seen with the depth, they, they feel good about that. Not only that, but they brought in, they're bringing in three transfers um, from the portal. So I, I, I tend to think this offensive line could be close to what they were this year. Um, maybe not as good, but almost as good. Um, so I, I don't see any reason really right now to, to expect much of a drop off from the offense. There's no reason to, I mean, yes, you can point to the receivers and say, Hey, who's going to step up there. And that's a good question, but we really don't know, especially with Ronald leaving, um, you know, Cornelius Johnson remains uh, up in the air at this point. Um, but there are some young guys there. They, they have, they, they like, um, they're weighing on to kind of, to kind of, um, you know, grow up, I guess. But no, I, I think this offense could be just as good, maybe even maybe even better next year. No, yeah, those, those are good points. It's yeah, I mean, I, I I liked a lot what they have to offer, and I expect JJ McCarthy to be the one that grows the most heading into next year. Uh, defense still kind of, I mean, this year it was the same thing. I mean, they're going to lose some some key players on defense and have some inexperienced guys uh, have to come in and play bigger roles, but. I mean, maybe they they come in and make an instant impact like some guys did this year. So, yeah, I, I definitely think they should be in the top five in, in every early rankings for sure. All right. Don't forget, too, yeah. and it's a position I kind of mentioned earlier, but tight end. It's been so uh, important to Jim Harbaugh's offenses in recent years. It was, again, a very big part of it this year with Luke Schoonmaker, who is, who is obviously departing. But uh, Colson Loveland showed a lot this year. I, I think he has a potential. His name has been, I think, cautiously compared to Jake Butt. Uh, obviously, we're not there yet, but he showed some flashes this year. He did a lot of good things, and I expect Michigan to lean on him quite a bit next year at the tight end position. And not only that, but to bring in A.J. Barner, the, the tight end from from Indiana, who has experience. He was a captain. He started. He he did some good things in the passing game. So Michigan is probably going to have two legitimate starting tight ends again next year. So it, it, in a way, you know, Blake Corum says, let's run it back. I, I think very much so this offense can run it back from – what they had this year that you know they're the losing but they're they're replacing a lot of a lot of players too all right we'll get to the biggest kind of question about you know who might be returning to this program in in a minute but first i guess yeah what are other other than the head coach what are other um decisions that still need to be made we know quorum's now back uh we know guys like mike morris uh, ronnie bell are gone uh but 
who could still come back either with that COVID year or just a regular fourth year or whatever um, that like hasn't announced yet. Yeah. So there are a lot of guys that are theoretically eligible to go the NFL draft. Um, But guys like RJ Moten, Jamon Green, um, the guys I don't expect to, and there's been no really indication that they are going to, um, but there are a handful of guys who I think could um, outside of that box. And we're talking about, as I mentioned, the offensive line, like Trevor Keenan and Zach Zinter, they're very much possible. And I expect at least one of them to go, if not both. Um, and then you've got Chris Jenkins, a guy at defensive tackle who's certainly eligible, could probably go. He's way, publicly weighing his options as well. Cornelius Johnson is the guy that we're waiting on. Uh, so there are a handful of guys that could make decisions. The deadline is January 16th, so next Monday. They have you know six more days to decide. Um, otherwise, I don't expect many other departures. We, like you said, Mike Morris has left, Mozzie Smith. Has uh, has declared. DJ Turner has declared. Um, so, I, I, if anything, the the uh, you know, I think the potential departures left could impact the offense more than the defense. Um, but, but we'll see. Uh, you know, six more days, a lot to decide. It, it, it's weird too because this year Michigan doesn't really have any bona fide first round guys. These are guys that are very much day two, maybe day three picks. So I think you've got more weighing to do, especially when you're late, you're projected to go late. Uh, you know, you weigh the decision. You leave now and, you know, try and potentially cash in and, and for, you know, the contract, you know, special teams, whatever, or come back for another year and try to improve your stock and, and potentially move your way up. So there, there's a lot, a lot riding on, on these decisions. And then the biggest one, of course, is, is Jim Harbaugh. Um, we, we still don't know what his, his situation is. Uh, what, what is the latest, uh, as far as his, his interviews and, you know, his interest, uh, you know, kind of that, that two-way street between him and the NFL. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on. He sounds pretty active in the NFL streets, I guess you could say. It sounds like he's actively trying to get a job. Uh, last time I think we, we did this podcast, the discussion was that he had spoken to the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers about potential interviews. Um, reports have since come out that the Carolina Panthers have kind of X'd him out. He's not going to be considered a candidate. Whereas the Denver Broncos, he is. Uh, NFL Network's Tom Pellicero reported Tuesday morning that Jim spoke to, um, or in fact, had a virtual interview with the Broncos Monday for over two hours um, about the head coaching vacancy. This is done virtually. It wasn't in person. Uh, but this is clearly the, the first step in, in a potential um, you know, job here. Um, Tom Pellicero is characterizing Harbaugh as a, uh, a real top candidate. Um, now the, the Broncos are set to inter- they have several interviews lined up or folks they want to interview lined up this week. Um, so this thing is going to drag out for at least, you know, at least a couple more weeks. Um, you know, I don't think they can hold in-person interviews until January 16th or 17th. So they got another week or so before they can do that. Uh, nonetheless, I mean, Jim, Jim is being considered a candidate. I suspect his name will come up in other, other openings uh, down the line here. I mean, you're seeing openings almost daily. Now the Arizona Cardinals opened up yesterday uh, I suspect, you know, his name has been linked to Indianapolis Colts as expected. So uh, I think we're in for another two to three weeks of this until, you know, until Jim is ruled out for, for any of these jobs. And the, and the allegations that Michigan's, uh, the violations that they're facing too, is just adds another layer to this whole, whole saga that could make things pretty interesting too. But I don't know, man, like, I feel like we do this every year and, and I feel like Harbaugh knows how to leverage a lot too. So it's like, I mean, 
yeah, I'm sure there is interest there, but is he the top candidate for Denver? Is he the top candidate for Indianapolis truly? And I guess only only people inside those organizations really know, but a lot still needs to be played out, but I'm still a little bit hesitant to say, yeah, I think he's the favorite to leave and he's probably going to leave because I, I think he needs to get that offer first and that won't come for like Aaron said until at least January 16th. So not a lot, a lot still to go here in the next couple of weeks. If I'm Michigan, I take that chance that he gets that offer. I mean, I, I'd wait till he gets that offer to, to see, um, you know, if, if, yeah, before I I do anything. But I guess I'm I'm asking I'm wondering from you guys is there is there is he hurting Michigan in any way by doing this dance again and potentially prolonging it for another a week or so? I guess I I'll I'll, I'll just be naive here and say well you know guy most major guy many of the major guys have already made their decisions whether to come back or not and they could still wait a little bit longer anyway if they wanted to. Um, you know the class is signed for next year, right? But is this a major time for recruiting for 2024 or, or tell me why it's potentially problematic that he's doing this now? I, I think optically it doesn't look good just because now this is the second straight year Jim has done that. You know, it's him basically saying, yes, I like Michigan. Uh, you know, I've been successful at Michigan, but I want another opportunity. So that that kind of I think that what makes the administration maybe and, and the school just look undesirable to some regard. Um, and now it's important to point out, too, if you look at Jim Harbaugh's you know, career and his, his career arc and his timeline, and everything else, he doesn't tend to stay very long. I can remember his early years here at Michigan, us talking about that a lot. Like he never stayed anywhere else, you know, for four, for longer than four years. So it's possible he's getting bored. He just, again, wants to go back to the NFL as he stated. Uh, but yeah, I, I got to think that this is eventually, and Ryan, I'll let, you know, Ryan can speak more to this than I can, but I, I got to think it, at, at some point it's going to weigh on recruiting, whether it's, Guys that are currently signed now, players on the team debating whether they're going to come back or maybe they want, they're want they unsure, they want to go somewhere else. Um, the, I think the doubt and the unknown, I, I think, is what hurts more than anything. Um, you know, we've heard a lot about the recruiting class last year suffering, potentially. We heard a lot about NIL, but I think part of that, too, was Jim kind of waffling last year and, and trying to go to the NFL. I think that put a lot of doubts in a lot of recruits' minds, especially top-level recruits. Um, so. I don't know. It can, but it, it, if you can wrap this up quickly, I, I think the quicker the better. Either way, whether he decides to go or not, because you know if he does end up going to the NFL, and again that's a big if at this point, um, Michigan's on the clock to find a find a you know replacement, whether that's externally or internally, uh, and you've got all the, the you know the, the fall 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 from there. So, yeah, no, I think the the main group this is during effect is the future recruiting classes like it did last year in the 2023 class I mean, we've discussed a lot how they didn't land any top 100 prospects this this past cycle and a lot of it had to do with nil and this should maybe be a little slow on to get up to date in that regard but also i mean yeah the hardball news for sure probably had an impact in, in this cycle their top target is a five-star quarterback in in jordan and jaden davis who I mean, Michigan's been favored to land now for months, and he didn't, he's like, oh, he'll probably make a decision in November. All right, November goes by, he does make a decision. He's probably going to make it in December. All right, now we're now into January. He still hasn't made, made a decision. So the longer his recruitment goes on and Michigan doesn't get a commitment, the more other opportunities other programs can, can maybe come in and make a push and try and nab him. So, um, I mean, just in that recruitment alone – I think it's a huge what happens with Harbaugh because I, I know he spoke highly of Harbaugh in the past and wants the time to play for him and likes how he's developed quarterbacks. So 
Yeah, it's it's during the fact. I mean, Michigan's off to a pretty good start in the 2024 class. I mean, they have four commits, and three of them are, are top 300 guys. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they they need they didn't they had a little bit of a down year last year, and this 2024 class is going to be important. And the longer this goes on, the more negative effects it could have. One one more thing on this too. You guys kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but le- the, the whole idea of leverage, like it's been reported the last couple of days that. Jim Harbaugh is taking these interviews. He's interested in the NFL, but Michigan can make this quote all go away <laughs> if you give him a new contract mm-hmm. and, and more money. So obviously this is being done. He's in a way and effectively he's playing a game of chicken with Michigan. He's trying to get more money out of them. Um, you know, you could agree with that, disagree, whatever the case may be, but I, that tells me that, yeah, there's NFL interest. I, I think if he were to get the right, if, if you were to get a job, an offer from the right franchise in the right situation, he would probably take it just based on his past you know, comments about his desire to go back to the NFL and win a Super Bowl. But I do think he wants more appreciation and, and love for Michigan. He wants more resources, uh, more money, just a, a better, you know, he, he just wants, wants to feel appreciated. So I, I think that's part of this too. Um, you know, there have been reports that Michigan is trying to work, work out a contract or new contract with Jim Harbaugh. But again, you go back to the allegations, the potential NCAA violations, and I think those play a factor too because, you know, in his contract too, it also states that he can be fired, you know, for cause if he's accused of, or if he's found, you know, um, to have committed an NCAA level one violation, which he has, or he's been at least accused of. So there's a lot at play here, a lot. You got kind of both sides um, pushing back and forth. Going to be in, uh, it's going to be interesting next you know, month or so. I'd say we've talked about these these statements that he's he's put out too, and then kind of how they've been somewhat ambiguous. But you know, last year after he came back, uh, you know, he he did talk to to Mitch Album of the Free Press, you know, and there are some pretty concrete quotes in there as far as you know, Jim telling Album, oh. I talked to Ward and I said, this will not be a recurring theme every year. This was a one-time thing. You know, he acknowledged that that chapter was closed, that, you know, he he felt the pull of the NFL, but from here on out, I'm working at the pleasure of Michigan because that's where I want to be. And now here we are again. I think that's what rubs people the wrong way is that, you know, he kind of made those comments. He claimed the door was closed. I guess I never fully believed it, but, you know, now here we are. I mean, if he's if he's taking interviews, you know, reports of interest in Harbaugh are not his fault. To take an interview, I mean, that shows that there's there's mutual interest there. So I think that's that's really the problem is that he has been somewhat misleading with some of his past comments. Bingo. Yeah, mis- misleading is a good way to put it. Somebody say he's a liar, um, but he, he, he you know he could also point to you know those comments and the situation now and say. You know, circumstances have changed. Like you said, there's NC investigation into him. It could potentially, you know, um, affect his job status at Michigan. Now, I'm not saying it's going to. From all points and all all signs, you know, Ward Manuel, the athletic director, and uh, Michigan University of Michigan President Santa Ono have been supportive of him. And Jim said it as much last week in a statement. But it, like I said, it opens the door to him potentially being fired. And I think as a individual who a loves football and wants to keep a job, he's looking for potential. Um, you know, second second chances here, potential you know falling a landing spot. Yeah, and, and I think the NFL, as we said, he wants to go back. He want he's always wanted to be there again. Um, is is a good chance for it. So I think this is him kind of feeling out his options to see where he maybe he he feels like he fits best. But you're right. I mean, it looks bad from optics standpoint. 
when, when you say you're you're not going to make this a regular thing, this isn't going to beco- become a yearly occurrence, um, and yet it has be- has become that. Um, now you could say that it always has been, but there were years ago where his name would come up, and as you mentioned, Andrew, it was more interest than anything, and Jim did a good job of kind of coming out and squashing it or, or denying it all. He hasn't done that the last couple of years. He's openly um, been trying to get an NFL job to some degree um, to the point where, again, he's taking interviews. So it's a real delicate situation. The times have changed. The year has gone by. Um, it, I don't know. It, it's it's very odd. But with, with Jim Harbaugh, I guess it doesn't surprise me, given the fact that, you know, the way he left San Francisco years ago as well. The the NFL and college football are businesses. So this, none of the, I mean, people say stuff all the time. People go back on the word all the time. I mean, it's, it's, people are in it for themselves, in it for the organizations are trying to improve. Like you, you can't hold what people say all the time. Like, yeah, this, I'm not surprised that this is happening again. I mean, knowing what Michigan accomplished this year and knowing Harbaugh, like it's, of course, (laughs) of course this is happening. Like it's not, not too surprising. I mean, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, not this, you can't take take everything at, at their word in, in this business. That's for sure. You're right. How many times have we heard coaches elsewhere say, <laughs> I'm not taking that job. And yet two days later, they're, yeah. they're, they take that job. So it's, it's not surprising. Uh, I think so many folks are value Jim Harbaugh. I think they, they believe in him. They, they don't want to think he's lying or misleading them or whatever the case may be, but you're right. I mean, He's he has to do what's best for him, you know. He hasn't done anything illegal that we know of, um, and he, he needs to find a spot where he feels comfortable and he thinks he can be successful. And if he doesn't think that's Michigan, you know, it is what it is, and, and people they have to move on. But I, I think this needs to come to a close sooner rather than later because the longer this drags on, I think the more um, you know. Back, and we're already starting to see it. You know, backlash from the fan base. They're upset that we're go- Michigan's going through this again, and Jim's going through this again. Um, because you're right, it, it, the longer this goes on, the more it's going to impact outside things, whether it's the, the culture of the team, the current roster, future recruits. Um, there's a lot lot hanging in the balance right now with w- whatever decision Jim ends up making. All of this being said, there there is great optimism for this program heading into next year. I mean, they they finished number three in the polls. Um, they'll be They'll be close to that spot in the preseason next year. I mean, I think right now there was a time not too long ago where it was Alabama and everybody else in the college football world. Now it seems to be Georgia and everybody else, but you know, Michigan's knocking on the door after, you know, years of, of kind of mediocrity and an inability to beat Ohio state. They've now done it twice in a row, gotten to the playoff two years in a row. So they're there and they've got a favorable schedule next year too, a a non-conference schedule that kind of rivals this year's for worst in the country. Um, You know, the road games in the big 10 are Nebraska, Minnesota, Michigan state and Penn state. Really, only one of those scares you right now. Um, you get Ohio State at home again. You know the other crossover game uh, is with Purdue, um, and that's at home. So, like it, 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 it's there for the for the taking again. You know to kind of maintain where you're at and and put yourself in a position to try to take the next step. Uh, but a lot of questions will be answered. Um, you know between now and and kickoff uh, uh, on September twenty second uh, at Michigan Stadium against East Carolina. And we'll have plenty of coverage of it all on mlive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.